Today we're diving into the world of science in our prep and senior school. We've got an exciting lineup. Mr. Venables, Head of Science and Science Teacher, Miss Townsend. From the senior school, we welcome Mr. Reese, Head of Chemistry and Physics Teacher, Dr. Robinson. Whether you're an educator seeking inspiration or a student hungry for science, this episode is for you. So, welcome. welcome yeah, thank you. Hi, hi, thanks for having us. <laughs> So we're going to start off with a quick fire round of questions, just so our listeners can get to know you. Okay, so. yeah, fine, shoot. <laughs> Are we ready to start? Oh, always ready, born ready. <laughs> okay, Mr Venables, how would your friends describe you in three words? Um, chilled, fun, and uh, just an all-round great guy. <laughs> Townsend, what's your go-to comfort food after a long day at school? Uh, usually Maltesers. Ice cream, anything with chocolate in it's usually my go-to. Yeah, for both of you, if you could instantly become an expert in any hobby or skill outside of teaching, what would it be? Something sporting, probably, because I'm a massive sports fan, so maybe snooker. Something really boring. Parallel parking. Can't do it. (laughs) Would love to be able to just throw my car into a space. It's a skill we're now starting to learn. Yeah, well, good luck, guys. Ten ten years on, and I'm still not getting it. (laughs) What is something you do not like doing? For me, reading books. Oh, I really hate reading so books. And so is my mum. She reads like a book a day. Um, give me an article or newspaper or something and I'll read it. But a novel? Not really? for me. Yeah, yeah. When are you the happiest version of yourself? Recently had a newborn baby in May, so oh, thank you. Um, so I guess when I'm with my daughter and my wife, and yeah, we're just having a nice time, really. Uh, I love going out for coffee and cake with my family and friends and my dog Olive, um, just chilling and chatting. That's really nice. Okay, so now that we've finished with the quick fire questions and everyone's been more open to talking, we'll get started on our interview. Could you describe the science programme at the prep school and what students typically experience in your classrooms? Well, I think um, at prep school we have the enhanced curriculum now. So we went away from common entrance a few years ago to give this more kind of ownership over what we teach in science so that we can get pupils ready for life, get them learning those key science life skills, but also keeping it structured to the GCSE programme and then onto A-levels, of course. The idea behind our science structure in prep school is to make sure that it's fun, but also it's challenging enriching and most importantly engaging for the pupils so that they want to come to science because if they want to come they'll get more out of it yeah i i I agree with that i think it's it's so important to to develop that early love for for science um we're not preparing them for external exams which is lovely it gives us freedom to to take things in different directions and do some uh really good fun experiments which the children love 
And back to it being engaging, we had you as a teacher four yeah. years ago, and I still know the whole song of the first ten elements of the periodic table. Mm-hmm. I know the tune and everything. So are you going to sing that? Not sing that. <laughs> um, but was a great lesson. So kind of following on from that, what strategies do you use to ignite the spark of innovation in your young learners? I think linked to what Miss Townsend said about engaging practicals. If you can think of something that's maybe, I mean, you guys will know from GCSE and A-level that you have certain practicals you have to do. Mm-hmm. But what we like to do is try and think outside of the box and do practicals that might not necessarily be like textbook practicals, but they help your understanding and put it into context in life of how that works. So we try and make it relevant to the Mm -hmm. pupil rather than just going, this is what the textbook says. And then I think it's how, you know, teaching is a performance essentially. So it's how much you put into the lesson as to how much the pupil gets out of the lesson. Anything hands-on, you can do anything with Play-Doh, anything with craft paper, anything with any equipment. I feel like it goes into your brain better when you're like physically engaged with something as well. So can either of you share the story of what initially ignited your passion in science? Where did it all begin? I've got a bit of a family background in science. My parents Mm -hmm. are both in the science field. I remember when I was in primary school um, and my dad said, we've got you some seeds, we're going to do a project on germinating seeds. And I remember like any kind of chance they would have to, to get me involved in something sciencey or talk to me about science they would they would do that so obviously started off from there and then a good science teachers at school my a-level teacher was just a bit of a maverick really laid back and and um just brought it all to life treated us like adults so we felt sort of valued in the a-level classroom um and yeah i've just kind of wanted to to sort of feed that back ever since yeah yeah same here really with teachers at school so I remember my teacher Mr Palmer Mr Edwards really gave me a passion for chemistry they were so enigmatic with their passions but they would do things in a way that just made you listen these guys would just yeah they were just electric in their teaching and they just had so much passion and that's why I went on to do a chemistry degree chemistry a level and now specialize in chemistry teaching so that's what I've tried to Echo. Whether it always works <laughs> no, is another thing. You've been too kind. <laughs> is there a particularly fascinating topic or concept you teach that parents might not be aware of and that pupils find exciting? I don't know whether necessarily parents aren't aware because they're more than aware that we teach the periodic table. But I think that's the thing I'm most passionate about is teaching pupils about the different elements, what are the symbols. How do those symbols combine to make compounds? How can you break apart those compounds into elements? With the ongoing renovation of the prep school science classrooms, how do you think this transformation will impact your teaching methods and enhance the overall learning experience for your pupils? I think it's just going to be a much calmer environment in the classrooms. At the moment it's it's colourful, there's sort of things everywhere, which is lovely in some ways, but sometimes when you're trying to focus on what's happening at the front of the room it's just nice to have every all of the other stuff just taken away so you've got just one focus so I'm really looking forward to having like a zen classroom I also think the room is going to feel a lot more dynamic I mean a change is as good as a rest so mm-hmm. changing the environment you're in gives new lease of life to your teaching but also for the pupils they're going to come in and see a new kind of dynamic room and they're going to be more involved in the lessons. They're going to be, wow, look at all this stuff. It's all brand new. It's all shiny. Yeah. Yeah. Let me delve into science a bit more. 
And that's yeah. the really exciting thing is to ignite passion in some of our pupils that maybe yeah. don't quite have it no. yet. 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 Yeah. I think yeah. they'll feel yeah. proud of the room as well because it's going to be lovely. And they're gonna. I think they're gonna really want to take care of mm. it and look after it. Because yeah. it's mm. so fancy. Definitely. I really like that. Change is as good as a rest. Mm. It gives you a new perspective. Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah. Because it's similar to when they renovated the DT centre. Yeah, going in, it's all new, yeah. and it was like, oh, it's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> it's I quite different. like coming into this yeah. environment. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was yeah. not dull. That's half the battle, isn't it? Yeah. You're more likely to want to go in, so therefore you're more likely to learn. Yeah, it's a yeah. brighter space. More likely to engage. Yeah. Yeah. It's really exciting. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Well, thanks for having us. Brilliant. Thank you. So now in the studio, we have Dr. Robinson and Mr. Reese. Welcome. Thank you for having studio. us. Is this your first time in here? It is. I, I've never even been inside this building. <laughs> Okay, so to start off with, we're going to have a quick fire round of questions. So first off, both of you, describe your teaching style in three words that best capture your approach. Practical, cooperative and uh, inquisitive. Interesting, engaging and fun. Good mix. What is your go-to karaoke song? It's a big jump between that, <laughs> yeah. but what is your go-to karaoke song? No, I don't think I've ever done karaoke. No? What? what? Oh. But I, I did. I, now. That needs to change. Yeah. Well, if I was going to, I'm going to go. Everything is awesome from the Lego Movie. Strong <laughs> Either islands in the stream, but I have to have a duet, or I'll walk, I'll walk 500 miles. That's yeah. so good. What's one interesting aspect about you that might catch pupils or parents by surprise? Uh, I'm currently training to be a cycling coach, just to do something Ooh. a bit different. Mm-hmm. I used to hold a driving permit for the MOD. What is one thing that you do not enjoy doing? Eating olives. <laughs> <laughs> no. Very true. Olives are so no. good. <laughs> no, no, I agree. Not a fan of olives. I like olives. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all I can think about is my own morning, and that's cleaning up cat poo off the floor. Nice. <laughs> and what's one thing that makes you both happy? I'm going to go my family, obviously, but going on adventures with my family. That's always cool. fun. That's cool. So I can't say mint chop ice cream. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my family as well. Spending time with my family. Binge watching TV series on Netflix. Well, we're th- a third time through Breaking Bad now, so yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was your quick fire round. We're now on to your interview so in what ways does science education in senior school differ from that in prep school I think we're quite lucky at Culford how because we've got the three schools of how sort of every time you move up a stage it just opens up more opportunities and different challenges Mm -hmm. I think probably I mean the biggest difference is we teach it as three completely separate subjects different teachers and full-time for all those three uh, rather than prep they do a rotation And that just gives us a huge amount more depth that we can go into in each of the three separate. Could you highlight some of the curriculum favourites that the students really enjoy? I think most pupils, um, not all, but most pupils would enjoy the practical work. Yeah, so, that's what um, I'm saying. Yeah. 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 The <laughs> there is much um, a lot of scope for them to um, get things wrong and yeah. not worry about it and learn from their mistakes and um, and pupils who are really good at working together in a team 
and also been uh, working individually as well. Uh, so, uh, and they benefit from the resources available to them. I think we're really lucky with the environment that we've got at the senior school, especially. What methods do you use to ignite the curiosity of budding scientists in your classrooms? There's a lot of wow moments in science. You can bring out something that can really be surprising, and and that can be anything from like take them take them outside and have some rockets going off in the air, yeah. making lightning in the in the lab, and yeah. and small scale stuff that until they've seen that in the lab and actually got their hands on it and made something, they don't realise it's just an idea. It's just mm, a, yeah. a concept before that. Whereas as soon as you get involved and actually making something and building something, it becomes real, and yeah. that's great for engagement and for interest. Yeah, I think making it real, making it accessible. And making it linked to everyday life is important. Mm-hmm. So a science can be quite abstract. So when you put can get a story behind it or even a YouTube clip or like Dr. Robinson said, as a practical demonstration, anything that hooks them and then asks and leads them to become more inquisitive is a good thing. Yeah. And the wonderful thing about science is it does you can apply it to pretty much anything. So you could have mm-hmm. someone that says, Oh, I don't like physics, but they like kicking a ball around, playing football. Well, there's a huge amount of physics in that. And if you can relate it to what yeah. they enjoy, that's great. Would you mind sharing some insights into how you came into science yourselves? Where did that passion for science begin? Well, for me, it was uh, my chemistry teacher. Uh, he started at the school as, um, you would call it, lower third or seven. Um, and he was my chemistry teacher for the seven years. And um, so he inspired me. for. So I'm quite boring actually because I went to a careers fair in my school and sat down and asked what do I need to do to become a chemistry teacher at the age of 15 so I've always <laughs> known that's what I wanted to do. I did not want to be a teacher at all it was actually on my list of things to never do <laughs> but I did always love physics I enjoyed it at school very much and I think I can remember being on holiday with my family and my brother telling me about the stars and pointing out things in the sky and one of those beautiful crystal nights in the middle of nowhere. And that kind of got me hooked on the sort of astronomy side of physics. And that's what I then went on to go and do at university and then stayed at university and did the PhD and continued the astronomy. Um, but then I, I came out of it. I actually went into climate science for a while and had, I suppose, a fairly normal job. But then I decided I wanted to, to make more of a difference, have more impact, and so ended up coming into teaching, which was a surprise to me and everyone who knew me. <laughs> but it worked out. So when did you start teaching? About 12 years ago now. Okay. Have there been any significant challenges or barriers you've had to overcome in your scientific pursuits? My one would be having a family, actually. So I, I was a teacher for um, five, six years, and then had my son. So I took a career break for a few years mm-hmm. and was full-time mum. And I loved doing that. And But then coming back into teaching it was quite a, a difficult transition because then you're trying to do, you're trying to be two people yeah. at once and you don't feel like you do either of them very well. Mm-hmm. But it's also been a huge benefit because I think I have become a much better teacher through having Children. done that. Yeah. yeah, I think for me it would be... Um, when you move from school to school and you've got to adapt to a different uh, environment. So I've worked in an all-girls school, for example. I've worked in academy, worked in our private school, and I've worked in Germany. And it, all of that has given me different experiences, but each one comes with challenges that you've got to react to and adapt to and sort of you know evolve as a teacher, if you like. 
How is science evolving in each of your fields and what could future topics in school look like? I think in school, a lot of people view, I don't know about the other sciences, but certainly physics is almost viewed as a historical subject. Like we teach Newtonian physics, we teach things that have been around for hundreds of years as these facts that are set in stone and that's what these clever people from the past did and and that's what we know um which isn't actually that representative of of what physics is there's there is so much that we don't know most of it probably and i mean the the big areas at the moment of research is going to have to be quantum quantum areas so quantum computing particularly is a huge upcoming area that's going to is going to change the way we do a lot of things i think but also we've got um, James Webb Telescope has come yeah. up recently and is giving us mm. clues to the very beginning of the universe. Yeah. So there is a, a lot we don't yeah. know. There's a lot to learn. Why do you think science is such an important thing to learn? I do feel that we don't teach science in order to make scientists. Like We don't yeah. think that everyone in front of us is going to go off and do physics for their career. Yeah. But it's the skills that you learn from it. So we teach what problem solving, analyzing. analytical skills, analyzing, yeah, evaluative. So yeah, Dr. Ramon said so many different skill areas that you use in other aspects of your life. So I've known people doing chemistry degrees to go into banking because of the fact that they are seen as um, high analytical mm-hmm. thinkers. Yeah, um, that's a skill that you can translate to anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. it is. They're hugely transferable skills. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. Tune in next week to hear about the development of the prep school science classrooms with the interim head, Mrs. Bentley. Thanks for listening to On The Air. We'd love you to comment, like and share our podcast series. And if you'd like to get in touch, please visit our website, colford.co.uk or drop us a message on socials. This podcast is made for entertainment purposes only and is copyright of Colford School. Views and opinions are our own and deemed correct at the time of publishing. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes.